guys. I'm Toad. And I'm the Fizz. And we're talking Tasha. (laughs) We did it. We did do it. So I'm Teresa. And this is my cousin, Zachary. And we have decided that we want to start talking movie, TV shows, books, really any kind of form of media that piques our interest from things that we've been into for decades to new things that are just coming out that we're checking out. So each episode is going to focus on something new. Uh, We might do a couple different episodes about the same TV show, for instance, over the years, but we're going to try to keep things fresh, try to bring new perspectives to different um, forms of media as we go through here. And we're starting with one that's Really special to Teresa and really <laughs> new to me. We're we're gonna talk about Star Trek The Next Generation, which I just started watching uh I think it was last March. I think it's just a it's year. It's been ago. about a year. I'm five seasons in. I'm the the exact episode I'm on is Ensign Row. Which is such a good episode. Like I'm so excited for you to get into the Row episodes because like I love Rolaren so much. Like I wanted to be her as a child. That's for a different episode. <laughs> it is. Uh, the other character, Fizz, that I wanted to be as a child was Tasha Yar. Uh, that's the you know title and the content of this episode. Cause I started and, uh, watching hmm? I was going to say, Tasha is your everything. Tasha is my alter ego. I started writing a fan fiction when I was like, probably like 14. And the character was named Tasha Lawrence, which is emerging between Tasha Yar and T.E. Lawrence from Lawrence of Arabia, who is like, obviously every girl's childhood crush. Um, but I started watching Star Trek when I was probably eight or nine. And the next generation has remained my absolute favorite i've rewatched these episodes so many times it's like the ultimate comfort show but also like thought-provoking really serious show at times so i'm really excited um to kind of be going through this with you zachary for the first time because like with you texting me some of your reactions to episodes <laughs> for the first time like it's crazy i've never seen it before it has almost zero context because like i feel like there's a lot of stuff you just didn't know about it's, it's so been awesome I i've had to text <laughs> Teresa. well i didn't i really wanted to get into it it was something that i knew that you and your sisters and your family watched and i like tried to get into it as a child and it was so boring like because i remember seeing an episode where they were like supposed to be like reverting back to what they evolved from. Oh my god, that sounds so good. I thought it was gonna be like they're dinosaurs. <laughs> and it was like she's a fish or something. No, and Picard was turning into a pygmy marmoset. I see, I I it was over my head. So it getting into it, I asked I asked Teresa, like, I love a, a project. I want to watch all of them. I'm still intending to watch all of them, except maybe the original series, but I could be I could be persuaded to watch that too, I think. I think but, the original series is a little bit harder to go into just because it is a lot more dated. Um, there's some good episodes. There's a lot of kind of painful episodes. I could probably do without seeing the painful ones. But I think The Next Generation is a good place to start. And that's what Teresa recommended because that's her favorite. And so in thinking of like planning this podcast and this episode, <laughs> episode... <laughs> In particular, a little tickle in my throat. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I was like, what episodes 
<laughs> are you muted? No, okay. No, I'm just trying right. not to laugh. <laughs> what episodes would we pick to talk about first? And I decided on two, technically three, because of the first episode's a two-parter episodes that in my mind create a, a duology that in my mind is called the humiliation of Tasha Yar. And that's so you're saying that episode. we're starting at the very beginning, which is a very good place to start. En- encounter at Farpoint, parts one and two. I don't even know what to say about these episodes. <sighs> like, I've watched these a number of times. When I was a kid, I bought the first season on DVD, even though it's like probably the I don't know, it might be the worst, but it was the first one so i had to start with that one and it's the only one i ever bought but as a result i watched those episodes so many times because I, I had one dvd and so they've like wormed into a very special place in my heart um that's but- tough because <laughs> it's like you said it's it's rough and honestly when i started this show it was it was a tough so i am not we've talked about this before not on the podcast because <laughs> obviously um, but like i fantasy and sci-fi can be really tricky for me to get into because i and especially star trek has such like a high level of entry in my mind it's like this franchise it's super smart there's so many different series and i have to say the first watch because i rewatched encounter at far point the first time i watched it i was like what a horrible pilot like the, the the plot like regardless of what happens in it it's just like as a first episode as an entry in it was tough it's weird like it's it's so weird because- i remember so reflecting it was like they were so much more landlocked than i remembered <laughs> well you've got like half the crew introduced at first and it's like we're gonna go pick up like you know our first officer and our doctor and all this so it's like they don't even have well, I guess Jordy's not an engineer yet. He's like ends up being the pilot. But that intro takes so long because like they meet Q and they're put on trial. So you don't even meet the other half of the cast until pretty far into the episode. And it, it's just it, it's such weird character introductions. It it really is. So on the second watch, I was like, actually, this is a pretty good primer because beginning with Q is such a weird choice. But the show is so weird. But Q in particular uh, makes my skin crawl. I find him to be uh, perverse. <laughs> when, I think he's supposed to be. When he's on the screen, I'm like nervous. And I feel like it was a lot to do. We're going to introduce everyone. And we're going to have Q. And then we're also going to have these jellyfish planets. That's one's blue <laughs> and one's pink. Because one's a boy and one's a girl. <laughs> They have to be like that. I'm surprised they didn't put eyelashes on the pink one. In a bow. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, there's, so there's, there's also a lot of a weird little, stuff going on. There's a lot of weird stuff. And at the top of that list is how red Beverly Crusher's hair is. It's so red. And in the first, I think the first half of the episode, I don't even know the second half of the episode, Deanna is wearing the, like, skirt <laughs> dress. That's so short. And she's it's got crazy horrible hairdo. And it's like, they had no idea what they were going for with any of these characters. And it's just like, I love Deanna Troy. Like, I love how snarky mm-hmm. she is. Like, she's really grumpy over the years. But the first, the first 
like the pilot is just her like mooning after Riker. I feel like the whole time. When she gets in his head and she's like, do you have a hard time saying <laughs> goodbye? Just like Zaddy. I and like that that never comes into it again. The fact that he could like read her thoughts. It doesn't. Like, it and that, I was like, shocked when I saw it a second time. Like, did the, I don't remember this. And also, it is weird now that we're talking about it. The first episode includes like a good level of implied like sexual activity among the crew. The first season is incredibly horny. It's really horny. It's and it's like horny. Okay, Picard and Crusher. Like they yeah, have so much unresolved tension. I also have now that I'm I'm bouncing all over the place, but I'm remembering these small it's like flashbacks because this is dramatic. <laughs> it's like that the meme of the PTSD dog in Vietnam. I don't know if I know that. Well, I'll Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, gosh. When Crusher is like, oh, hey, Picard, and she brings Wesley, I thought, okay, so they established before that Picard had, like, saved Wesley. But Picard goes, like, your son. When did he save Wesley? Did he not? I don't think so. I thought he... Did he just watch Wesley's dad die? He got he got her husband killed. Oh wait, that's right. Okay, but and like he, okay, he had he to was, have known that yeah. there was a baby, right? I don't Unless... think he. I think it was like he's all grown up. So much time has passed, kind of thing. I thought it was because a plot beat. Wesley's dad died when Wesley was just, I think, a little over a year old, and I don't know that Picard and Beverly have seen each other since. So I feel like it might be like a. Oh my, how the years have flown kind of thing. And we you know. No, like they didn't. They never hooked up? No, he introduced um her to Jack Crusher, who was his best friend. He, they never boinked. But they have sexual tension. They have so much sexual tension. Like through the roof. And More like, than Troy and Riker. Troy? Well, I feel like that's because Troy and Riker like definitely resolved their sexual tension over like a number of years. That's true. I, that, like they were doing weird kind of beta zoidian stuff. She was in his head. She was all up. She was. <laughs> but there's a little someone that we haven't talked about. And that's a little tiny Tasha Tasha Yar. Tasha Yar. And I have oh. a lot to say. Okay. I want to hear it. I want to hear your thoughts because like I have a lot of thoughts as well. I want to start at like the beginning, which is what is her job title? She's um security chief and chief tactical officer, I believe. So they need to the I that whoever is security chief at any given point, because it's not it doesn't stay Tasha, spoiler alert. Oh no of evil. They they don't do their jobs. Like any of them. They um, don't do them at all. But, but I don't no, know. like you're right. Because, like, they have no security protocols. I know this is your rant, and I'm sorry, but, like, no, they have please, no security protocols. Like, they, like, don't post basic security when they have, like, visitors, even unknown aliens on board. Like, there's this scene and encounter at Farpoint where Q appears on the view screen towards the end. And, like, Worf, like, freaking whips out his phaser. And, like, Picard's like, do you intend to blast out the view screen or something? Like, Worf was gonna freaking like fire at the viewport. 
they don't know what they're doing and they don't t- they always immediately want to begin with violence I and they know. don't check anything we've talked about this before that like there's so many in this show like fake versions of these characters and they don't have any kind of like authentication people process. get replaced possessed cloned like and, and it's there's just no like yeah, okay to give them like when people are suspicious yes it's so hard to convince everybody else and it's, it's like fault. it goes straight from zero to mutiny there's no like provision for like hey we don't think you're you we're gonna put in our hold on any like major course corrections you know (laughs) it's true and i will say it's really tough to watch tasha get turned into a frozen icicle does that oh yeah okay i will say i did watch skin of evil tonight i haven't watched uh counter at far point i've watched it the last year but they get there and the they're like being held on trial or whatever and he's literally like if you make one more move wait am i getting them confused that's skin of evil he said no, something like, i think Don't you're say. right and she does and he he, he freezes her and she just falls is that where she's like i grew up on a place where they had shampoos uh, like this yeah she gets because so upset she grew up on a failed federation colony like hiding from the rape gangs like that's That's a thing it is a it's literally it's true and they give for some reason i feel like she gets she really gets like a monologue and she gets tears in her eyes and she says all this and then he just fucking freezes her (laughs) it's like it's more like climatic but it's like she's so emotional and i feel like that's another bad trait for like a security person yes um but worf is too although Yes. The thing about Worf is that Worf is given a chance to develop and grow throughout the series, and obviously, you know, Tasha doesn't um, because she's dead. So, (laughs) (laughs) although she does, and that's for later, I guess, but she does end up sort of getting a a good retcon redemption, right? Yes, in yesterday's Enterprise. Which is, that's actually a good oh my episode. God. That is such a good episode. And I, I think that a lot of people like that. Like, it does give her death meaning. Um, but in, in just the context of the first season, Tasha yeah. doesn't have a good run. Because she's like a non-character. Um, like, none of the characters undergo, I think, a ton of growth in the first season. Um, no. Like, really, any at all. <laughs> I can't think of anyone who does. Um, but I feel like because Tasha never had a chance to grow beyond that, like she's just so static. It's and I, I think the hard part is like everybody, especially in Skin of Evil, everybody loves Tasha. No one really has like a problem with Tasha. Like on the crew? Yeah. Yeah, because they like go to her little surface and she has that recording and it's like that's, the most emotion. What's the most emotion that we've ever seen Tasha display in the entire show up to this point? Except for her monologue at Farpoint. And then okay, I know this is okay. Like I think there's one episode where she gives like the dare speech to Wesley. Like, I don't um, do drugs? Yes, I think it's symbiosis, yes. where it's like people are on drugs, but she's like, it makes them feel good for a while. And he's like, I don't understand. 
Why is she telling him that? I think because like she, where she grew up, there's a lot of drugs. I don't know. Like I feel like Wesley's not gonna like fall into drugs. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like uh, that's not. I feel like Wesley's more likely to end up in some well, some dark places on the internet. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> oh Jesus! But yeah, I feel like all these people have these. Tasha has relationships with characters that we love, and so it's like, well, we should love her. But yeah, I, I will say that, like, when I was a young girl watching it, like, I wanted to be Tasha. Like, I love Tasha. I you wanted I to be was... that icicle on the floor. No, like I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to freeze to death. <laughs> it's always been your dream, and we're going to make it happen. And we're right making now. that happen today. <laughs> we're recording live from the Sub Zero. <laughs> oh god but no it's like she was this like strong person who didn't really take anyone's crap and also she was like really hot and this was before young Teresa fully came into her sexuality and it was like she she was just awesome like I like wanted to be her so bad she was a force and like you know as a little kid who's like riddled by anxiety and like always afraid to do the wrong thing and doesn't really ever stick up for myself like that was like huge for me um and so Tasha was willing to stick up for herself even when it's the wrong thing even when it <laughs> is the abs the worst thing that you she should, could be doing and this is when we start talking about the naked now <laughs> I, there's a reason I didn't include that episode I know. because I, I can't have a data conversation on episode one. Oh, it's true. I was I've gonna say we haven't data talked data. about data, but you have some very controversial opinions related to data. Well, and I have to wow. Well, I will. I'll maintain the wow for now. Um, the naked now, but rewatching Encounter at Farpoint. I kind of had a different perspective on data. Was it? What was it? It was more positive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not a data fan. No, I know. And that's fine. But um, seeing the way Riker treats him in the first episode, I am kind of like, hey, that's wrong. And then data's like prejudice, very human. Yeah. And he kind of, he gagged him. Riker he was like. He called him on it. Like, that was kind of, you know what? And that's why I think Encounter at Farpoint actually is kind of like, in some ways, a good pilot because it does have a, it has so much of what the rest of the show is. It's just all of it crammed into an hour, an and, hour a and a half. Yeah, does a cover a lot of ground. ground. Um, I know that I was saying earlier that we don't even meet half the crew until later, but I yeah. think that's something that's really interesting to note is that when the original series came out, it was a lot less of an ensemble cast th than TNG because mm. you really had Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. They were the main focus. You had like oh. Scotty and Chekhov and Sulu and Ever and Uhura, but they were less of the main focus of episodes, whereas with TNG, it is actually an ensemble cast. And I feel like maybe they were trying to introduce everyone kind of over time because it is a lot of people to get acquainted with. It is. Um, so I, I think that may actually make sense because I do really enjoy Riker and Data's first meeting um, mm -hmm. and the holodeck. The holodeck, yeah. The holodeck. That, did I say it wrong? No, you. I don't know. You just said it weird. 
Let's say hollow deck. <laughs> hollow deck. Is that not what it is? I'm making uh, no a rock. <laughs> That's our theme song. When Stefani re-recorded just for us. Yeah, um, well, Data he... throws that rock and it like smashes Wesley. the wall. Oh, oh yeah, he does. I forgot about that. And Riker's like, "Whoa, this is cool technology." So there is okay. I have to say, there's a there's a quality that's very charming in Encounter at Far Point, which is you can tell like Gene Roddenberry is that his name? Yeah. Okay, I feel like he's like having fun with like. Now we're doing the next generation. Like there, it's the future. Is this in the future? It's yeah, it is. It's the next century. So I forget exactly how many years. Because they're like, let me show you how this ship works. Yes. <laughs> that <laughs> random incident who like wants to boy Riker. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> you can find anyone at any time. Like, so I will show you the path of my quarters. Yeah, like we'll highlight that. It that and then it has like a passing of the torch moment, which you for non non fans. Oh, yes. doesn't make a lot of sense. Dr. McCoy. And I is that what I didn't, is that what you're talking about? It is. It is. When he's talking to Data, oh my god, I love that. Okay, so McCoy is my favorite character from the original series. I love Bones. So that uh, that scene of him walking with Data, where he's like, "You treat her like a lady, and she'll always bring you home." Like, oh my god. I didn't know McCoy was a character until you told me that's who that old man was. Oh. I mean, that's okay. Well, I feel like you can definitely pick up the next generation without having watched the original series. Certainly. Um, certainly. If I could do it. Anyone can do it. And that's, I think, all I have to say about Encounter of Our Point. Yeah. The I, jellyfish twist. I mean, you knew something was alive. You knew the thing was alive. It gave him a bowl of apples. Yeah. It was okay. Like, like it it introduced the characters. You know, it, it did its job. I think, you know, obviously there was a lot of improvements after that. Even, you know, even the first season, I think, had some decent episodes. Like, there's episodes I'll rewatch from the first season. Encounter at Farm Point is not one of them. But it it did what it was supposed to do. You know, it, it got picked up. It kept going. <laughs> it doesn't help that it is a two-parter when you're watching it as one episode. It makes it so long. I feel like it would be really cool to watch it as it happened on TV. Yeah. All right. I want to hear your thoughts on Skin of Evil. Okay. So Skin of Evil, part two of the trial of Tasha Yar, <laughs> when she's found guilty and executed. Guilty of Damn. being bad at her job. Bad at her job because, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to hate because I just think, first of all, Skin of Evil includes the wettest, blackest goo. And I I was watching when that when that goo creature stands up and there it's dripping off of him. Black globs of goo are dripping off of him. And I was like, wow, they really so there's something on this, the guy in that suit, there's something wet on him dripping to the floor. That was shocking. That was a like shocking. They committed. So they I did. wrote down a quote. Because I was watching this earlier. So I wrote down a quote from Riker where he said, there's some sort of a slick. And I thought that was funny. <laughs> He's not wrong. And that <laughs> slick was dripping. Descriptive. So like, oh my God. So. And so... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for those of you who may not know, I used to have a YouTube channel. 
Um, this is when we plug it. <laughs> we plug it. No, I. It was in college. It was like ten years ago. But my goal was to review every episode of the Next Generation. I got like four episodes in the season two. But the point of that is that I found my notes from reviewing Skin of Evil literally like ten years ago. That is so exciting. <laughs> I wrote down the timestamp of when Tasha died <gasps> of the episode. And it, I guess it was like 14 minutes into a 40 minute episode. And then I have wrote down, they literally don't talk until the very end. It's, and that's so the truth. It is. Her death like, is so pointless. It's meaningless. And then like, they don't care until the very end. It's also comical. She flies through the air. And then she gets like this, like bloody weird shaped, like mark. <laughs> And it's it, so weird. It, uh, she's got like a birthmark. It, it looks like a birthmark. It and just then, like gave her fever. Yeah. And it's like, and then Beverly's like, she's dead. And like, you know, right. Well, sad, I guess. I need to spend a little <laughs> bit more time with Miss Beverly because it was so tough. So first of all, we watched Tasha die for no reason. It literally says, take one more step and you're going to regret it. And she takes mm -hmm. a step and she, and she regrets it. Regret. Yeah. And then we have to see her get carried into Med Bay. Is that what it's called? Sick Bay. Sick Bay. And we just watched them try so many times to bring her back. Yeah, for like a while. And oh, Beverly is like trying so hard. She is. And then there's even a point where one of them is like, oh, it worked. And yeah. then she's like, no, it did us. Yeah, it was just like like doing something to making her like jerk around. And <laughs> then, we're watching her body like it's like, flap it's flap. like flailing. And so something that I noticed is that Riker and Dater are like standing next Dater or standing next Dater. to each other. <laughs> and then Picard comes in and then he kind of comes in and like faces them and is like talking to him. And it's like it's obvious that Tasha is not coming back at this point. <laughs> and then Beverly goes. She's gone. And Picard turns around to face the camera and he just looks so surprised. And it's like, was he just like having a side conversation with him? Like, it was just yeah, very odd. It he was just not. like, he was so surprised. And they, I love that they make a point to be like, brain dead. They're yeah. like, they're, they say like, there's nothing coming out of that brain. I guess they could like fix anything else except for brain death. And um, so Tasha was flipped by the wet black muck his name is armus armus you could call a-r-m-u-s i think wow he gives his name but you can call him the black wet goo i'm just here to like prove my superior knowledge so it's yep you did it i did indiana is I really stuck and you know what i have to say it's so interesting because in the episode when they destroy the worst female character on the show arguably that's really when my love for deanna awakened because i didn't think i was gonna like deanna and it's like in order for me to love deanna i had to lose, <laughs> I had to lose Tasha. <laughs> there could only be so many female characters <laughs> on any show no it's like in voyager <laughs> literally when they introduced seven of nine the next episode they got rid of one of the female characters oh my god they're like couldn't be more than three <laughs> that is it may i believe that yeah. But this is when Troy says, like, I would die for anybody on that ship. I, I... would die for anybody on that ship. That's my Troy. <laughs> like, no, not just for him. <laughs> and but that no, was such 100%. a yeah. great 
moment she in the same episode that tasha is getting like the the saddest send-off in the worst kind of way troy gets like this cool moment of like acting alone opposite big black wet goo big goo man yeah the goo man no i completely agree because i was watching it and like her in that shuttlecraft because she's starting to piece together what happened that he had been like shed from Mm -hmm. these aliens and then he'd been left there and she like has this great line because he's like well how do you know this what do you know and she's like i only know what you tell me and he's like well i'm not gonna tell you anything and then she just sits there and she's like not now but soon and it's like the freaking just like oh i love it she's so does intuitive and like she knows how to play the situation she does and i love it because it's showing the more like because a lot of what we see with deanna is either her being in a counselor role using her like empath skills to help people or is more of an advisory role for picard where they're talking to an alien she's like i sense deception yeah <laughs> i <laughs> love as, like a human is... lie detector <laughs> yeah like pretty much and the role's really limited but here it's like She's like using that to like manipulate him. And I love it. <laughs> and it's like Deanna is taking down the the creature that killed Tasha Yar. Yes. And she's using her mind when Tasha's body failed. <laughs> it's I true. Also wanna, there's a moment I want to talk about too, which is not Riker falling into the goo, which does mm-hmm. happen. It does. Maybe it is. Does Picard as well? No. No, Riker's the only one who gets and it sucked in. it is just Riker. Because Riker gets sucked in and they just watch. They do. They because really he's getting drugged. Like, he's literally digging his fingers into the sand. Like, screaming, like, Data, something's got me. Help me. Yeah, wouldn't you grab on and, like... But, like... Try- no. Would you try? <laughs> I, I, I would because, like, he's my husband. But, yeah. like, Armus, he goes, like, if anyone touches him, I'll kill him. Um, and so that, uh, that's when Data stops because Data's moving to help him, but Armus is like, nah. So then, like, they can't do it. I don't think they can really do anything because they can't get him back out once he's in there. And at that point, he has already killed Tasha. He has. And I and like, yeah. It's supposed to be established, I think, that maybe Riker could die too for real, except no. I feel like this had got this had to be so just shocking for fans because like the original series didn't kill anyone off um and then you get to the original series movies they kill off spock in one of the movies but the next movie is called the search for spock so it's Uh like you know like spock's not gonna stay not for real yeah and then it's like they kill off tasha and like what like the 21st episode people have to just be like baffled and they try to sort of get Tasha. They try to really shoehorn in a lot of good qualities for her in this episode. Like she's a mentor to Worf, which makes sense. Kind of. Oh, there is one thing I wanted to say about her relationship with Worf. Please. And it's a really weird thing I never noticed before. But at the very beginning, she and him are having the side conversation about how she's going to be participating in a martial arts competition. And he's like, you know, I bet on you, you're like gonna win. And it starts playing like this kind of like 
I don't like romantic music. And I don't know if I was misreading mm-hmm. this scene, but she starts no. like on him and she's like, oh, you bet on me. And then she like literally like looks him up and down and like smirks. It, I think it is. I don't think you're misreading it. I think it okay. was like there was something between because I think that it's supposed to be like Worf is hit hard by this. Not only is he having to take her job, but like he's lost someone he was. You know, I just feel like the in- thing, the weird thing with Tasha is like they kept trying to pair her up with all of these random people and one off episodes and then it <laughs> never went anywhere. All she did was scream, try to fuck everybody and then die. <laughs> like, so maybe it was like her being the strong woman who's embracing her sexuality. I don't know. But like she tried to bang Picard in one episode. <laughs> and wow. then in this episode at the end, she's like. You were like a father to me, but I've never had a yeah. father, so I don't know what that's like. I that was a tough line to swallow. That was tough to hear. And I want to talk a lot about her little farewell video before we wrap up the talk about the episode. Okay, let's that do that. Little video was tough. How early she must have recorded that so recently because she mentions Wesley. Yeah, I don't know how long. Um, I don't know the time frame. Of, I'd like to you know, know how frequently they yeah. have to record their death videos. Oh God, yeah, I don't know. Like every crew change, or like, but like, or like whenever you start liking some people more than others. <laughs> I'm kicking you out of my death world video. Oh man, so that was tough. And she said nothing. You know, it really it it it's tough because she says, "I probably died really quickly." And it was probably, you know, in the line of action. And that's how I expect. And I feel like that <laughs> she seems so at peace with the death that she expected to get. And that's, that's not what she got. Yeah. More or less. <laughs> she aspired to very little. Yeah. I feel like it's a lot of like telling us that she's a certain person and not enough of showing us um show us later well yeah and it's like i i think that they did do a good job in the follow-up episodes with her like yesterday's enterprise actually had her and then the episode where they met her sister um i think that those were both really good episodes and then you get into the whole sila arc which like i don't even know but I, I think that they did a good job, like, after she died, building out her character. Um, but I, I do think that she suffered from the same lot of the characters in the first season, which is just trying to figure out who they were. So episode the episode, the characterization mm-hmm. changed so much. So it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. <laughs> were you devastated when she died? Were you surprised? I don't remember. No, so I don't remember watching that for the first time Um, because we were watching it was on TV on syndication. So we didn't sit down and watch the whole thing in order. So I would guess that we started watching it on a season she wasn't even in. I don't know that for sure. That's just what I I bet happened. So like, I don't even remember going through that for the first time. So maybe you knew Um, she wasn't. She wasn't in it for the. Yeah. Not for a long time. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, R.I.P. Tasha Yar, um, I actually have a a question from a listener to close out the episode. They asked for some advice. Is it related? It's not. Okay. Well, it is. It it looks like I've only skimmed it. It looks like it involves a death. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, I'm happy to help out anyone I can. Okay, so this is from uh, our Instagram. Someone sent us a message, and it's it look. The account's been deleted, so I can't see any info. But it says, "Hello, Toad." Period. Hey, the Fizz. Smiley face. Oh. But like that was just for me, I think. Um, I was throwing bricks with my cousin the other day. It's this thing that we do where we throw bricks and see how far we can throw the bricks. We only do it at family reunions. I threw a brick and it landed in my grandma's windshield while she was in the car. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. I'm glad that it's anonymous. Um, It hit her in the head and now she's in the hospital. Everyone was mad, even though the brick was in bounds. They must have drawn like a chalk circle or something. Yeah. My family lied to the police and said it had fallen from a building. So I wouldn't get in trouble. But this has obviously put a strain on my relationship with pretty much everyone because now they could be implicated in a larger conspiracy. Hmm. How do I how do I work things out? P.S. Grandma's okay, parentheses for now. I guess what happens to her will really influence where things go with my family oh yeah that's rough um i mean i first what i would say to this viewer is don't be too hard on yourself i mean who you know who hasn't like and it's a family reunion everyone's hanging out having a good time so many games yeah like we threw a lot of bricks at our family reunions like i feel like that's like such a thing especially like yeah it's like especially if they like had bounds established like it, why was it what was the car doing inside of the bounds like if you ask what was me, the grandma like, doing in the yeah, car grandma shouldn't have been you know like intruding on the brick throwing grounds because like that gets pretty serious if everyone is socializing and grandma's like i'm gonna go sit in the car which is inbounds for brick throwing yeah like why wasn't like... she brick throwing and also yeah like I remember, um, you know, like when we were kids, we'd go down to uh, our grandma's farm to throw bricks, and like she'd be out there throwing bricks with the best of them. Like, like she could throw a brick, dude. Like it was awesome. Like she taught me how to throw a brick right. And, and so, like nobody knows how to throw a brick right now. I know it's because the grandmas aren't out there in the car, probably on her cell phone oh, or something. That is. Okay, so I think you should actually, I think the listener should maybe consider going no contact with their family. Like, they sound really toxic. Like, honestly, mm. like, I wouldn't want to associate with people who are, like, trying to stop the family tradition of brick throwing, which I feel like I is agree. where this may lead, unfortunately. I agree. That's like, just I, like, the lottery. Yeah, it's hard to cut people off, but sometimes it's for the best. Oh, that was a tough rough one. one. That was. was rough. Gosh. But yeah, all well, the thank best. Thank you so you. much. You know, we've got thousands and thousands of messages and letters. And I even got a question carved in a jack-o'-lantern that appeared on my balcony in my apartment. And so. On the second floor? Yeah. Man. It was, and it's, it was like teetering on the banister. I like heard, I heard a wind chime and I looked and it was like teetering like a basketball about to go into and a that's even like freakier because you don't own wind chimes i'm notoriously anti-chime you are like every time you come over you try to throw i just start screaming and grabbing them but this I... has been this has been really fun 
We should yeah. do this again. Oh my god, we should start a podcast or something. <gasps> I think you're onto something. But thank you guys so much um, for tuning in and listening, especially if you stuck it out here to the end. Um, we really appreciate you guys, uh, you know, following the Instagram, checking out new podcast episodes as they come out. We'll be bringing uh, more fun and exciting discourse around TV shows, movies, and books. Uh, so if you did want to reach out on Instagram, put in a request or a recommendation for something, we might not have watched or read. Yeah, that'd be great. Absolutely open to that. Uh, Fizz, you got anything? You listen or not? (laughs) I'm listening to a lovely book right now called Mrs. Quinn's Rise to Fame, and I'm reading a book called uh, Vampires of El Norte, which is a uh, I think it's an alternate history horror set in Mexico during the War for Independence, and it's really good. Found it really interesting for what you've told me about them. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I'm not reading anything. I've been trying to read this book for like a month that I got from the library and I read like three chapters and I'm still working on it. <laughs> We're going to do a book club for the podcast. We are. So I can read more. Yeah. Um, we'll teach Teresa how to read. I don't know how. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you all for listening and tune in next time for a more exciting conversation. Bye. Bye.